0: To know who you are, you need to know whose you are. Yes, I stole that from somebody. I didn't just make that up. You need to know whose you are. Mmm. When I was a kid, I was probably like early teens. Myself, brother, sister, and and my parents. We'd sit on my parents' bed Saturday mornings. I remember sitting in between my mom and dad. And it wasn't that either of them were paying specific attention to me. We were just all as a family having fun. But I remember just feeling... Interestingly, their love for each other. And I experienced kind of being loved in the crossfire of their love, if that makes sense. And they say that for parents to, in a sense, most directly love their children. The most direct route is to love each other. A bold thought. But there's something of that. Like I knew kind of where I had come from. I was sitting in between these two wonderful people, just feeling loved by the fact that there was love going on. And I imagine that of Jesus too. He knew where he had come from on one side and where he was going on the other. Just like a sandwich of love. Everything will be okay if I stay in that place. This was, it was his identity. It was the place he dwelt in, the place he lived was in this truth. And this is what you were called to live in as well. And this truth that you have—you are really loved, you've come from love, you've been created by love and for love, to, to, to love in this life, and that you're going to heaven by God's grace, if you say yes to him, and, and if by his grace you persevere in that yes, then that's where we're going. And we can keep in, in our hope, which is a bold confidence, We can keep our eyes on those two realities. And nothing is bigger than that, folks. Nothing is bigger than God unless we choose to let go and not look at the huge reality that he is and get really up close to the tiny, tiny thing that is sin and evil. Because relative to God, sin and evil is tiny, even though all you need is a tiny thing that could actually keep you out of God and keep you out of heaven. So I'm not saying that sin and the devil are of no consequence and not a real reality and not sometimes the biggest reality in our life. I'm just saying that compared to him, it isn't a contest. It's not, it's not a fair fight. <laughs> yes. Yes, God. <laughs> lots of folks and lots of things inside us and outside us and in our heads and in our spirit want to keep us from this truth, Want to keep us from our true identity. The world wants to redefine you. It wants to reduce you and your humanity and your, your goodness and your belovedness down to something less than what it is. Wants to reduce you to your sin wants you to reduce you down to a movement once you get you to sign up for a movement or an ideology and say this is who i am and when we do that we take our eyes off the hugeness of god that we have come from him and we're going to him and everything is going to be okay and to root ourselves in that truth that is your identity so we have to watch out for these things these things that want to hijack and redefine us. This is, this is devil's, almost his number one tool, to redefine us. Saint Ignatius of Loyola, who I love, and his teachings on the discernment of spirits, he talked about this a lot, that the enemy is constantly trying to reframe the way we look at things, to discourage us, and then to look at everything through the lens of discouragement, to give us anxiety and look at everything through the lens of anxiety, rather than the truth that God speaks to us, rather than the truth of who you actually are and your true identity. The enemy is a liar and a thief. Don't let him steal your identity, brothers and sisters. You are a child of God. And if you're not yet, if you've not yet been baptized given your life to Jesus, I wanna invite you and encourage you to do that because Jesus wants to not redefine you. He wants to give you and reveal to you your true name. It says in the book of Revelation, he wants to give you a new name. He wants to give you a new name. That name is his own. He wants to unite you with his own identity so that you are the one who is most beloved by the Father. It's nice to feel loved by God. You know, every now and again in prayer time, maybe you've experienced this sense of God's closeness, his love, affection, some movement of your heart, and it's beautiful. It's really powerful. But you know, that's the occasional thing. When we start to get really solid in our identity, that means we always have this sense that we are loved we may not feel all super gushy about it but it's rock solid inside of us we just have to remember it is all we don't have a battle to fight every time we go oh my gosh am i really loved it's not a battle you just turn to him and go oh, i forgot that for a moment that was scary just come back to him come back to the truth That's the difference between just an experience, a one-off experience of God's love, and doing the work to take that experience and and to get it to, to be the source of your identity. Let his love be the source of your identity and nothing else, nothing else. He is our rock, he is our refuge, he is our strong tower, nobody else. Nobody, nothing else, nobody. And then you can chuck out all the other lies that you've ever thought of yourself, you've ever said to yourself, or anyone else has ever said to you, you're such a loser. Do you ever heard of that? You are so lazy. You're useless. You couldn't, oh, you're so ugly. Add in all the, the negative body image words that you've ever said to yourself or of yourself or anybody else has ever said of you. And you can throw them out because they do not define you unless you let them. And then you start to reduce your humanity down to something so pathetically small compared to the glory that God has called you to. And he has called you to glory. The saints say very, very clearly, we're not just called to live in glory, but that he wants us to become like him. One of them says, the son of God became man so the sons of man might become God. It's wild. St. Peter, in the Bible, says that we are to become sharers in the divine nature, which is the same thing. So the glory you're called to, folks, don't throw it away, cling to it. Okay, how do we do this? We need to immerse ourselves. Let Jesus immerse you daily in the truth. That's it. You need to choose to immerse yourself in the truth. Kick out the lies, let in the good. Kick out the lies, let in the good. It's a daily battle. It's a daily war. Especially if you don't have that solid identity. You need to do some work, folks. There's no way around it. You need to commit yourself to daily prayer. There's no way around it. If you're like struggling with, oh my gosh, in the t- t- tumults of the world, and you get just tossed around like Paul says in Ephesians, tossed here and there by every change of doctrine, every lie that comes its way, you jump and, oh my gosh, oh no, I'm... <laughs> Chill out, guys. Turn up to prayer. Turn up to prayer. What are you waiting for? Oh, it's so hard. I know. But you know what's much harder? Life being thrown around like a rag doll. And I'm sick of it. You're not sick of it? So just ask him for the grace to turn up to prayer every day. I don't feel anything, but I'm there for my 20 minutes, my half hour, my hour, whatever it is that you need to pray so that you can stay in his presence and get your identity solid throughout the whole day. What is that amount of prayer you need to pray about that with the Father? And then when we're in prayer to turn up to the truth, it's not just me talking to God about my problems. It's God talking to me about who I truly am and who he truly is, because both of those things are kind of connected. To sit in the truth. I'm gonna give you a real simple way to do this. There's a beautiful thing online, you could find it. It's called the Father's Love Letter. If you Google that, you'll probably find it. And it's just a whole pile of sentences, just made up from scripture, slightly adjusted, but it's all true to the original message. And it's basically a letter from God the Father to you telling you who you are. It's great. Or other ways, you could just get some great, you know, scripture quotes, get the best of the scripture. You could Google that too. Great scriptures about my identity in christ and i'm sure you get lots of that anyway however you get it or you could ask somebody else for some good ones i've got loads of them and you get that out and you bring it to prayer and you you start to say these over your heart you start to immerse yourselves in these truths what i do is i thank him for these truths i say them and i thank him so god so loved the world that he sent his only son okay so i use that one Uh, heavenly father thank you that you so loved the world that you sent jesus Thank you that you so loved me that you sent Jesus. So I say that over myself like that. I adjust it slightly, whatever way is helpful for my heart. I say it over myself with faith, and then I sit and rest in that, and I enjoy it. I drink it in. Mm. Thank you, God, that you so loved me that you sent Jesus. And I just get down into it. I sit in it. And if there's any movement of the heart, I stay there for a little bit. If my heart is in any way touched by that, mm. Yeah, so this method for, for getting, into, getting into the truth, immersing ourselves in the truth of God's word for you so you can get your solid identity in Christ. Get the Father's love letter online, as I said. Get yourself some scriptures. So then and I, I say a little line to myself. I say it like, God so loved the world. Thank you, Jesus, you so loved the world that you came for me. Thank you, Father, that you so loved me that you sent Jesus to die for me. I kind of rephrase it so it can touch my heart better. And I just, I just thank him and then I'll just stop and listen. Like you said something deeply meaning to a friend across the table. You're having a cup of tea together. You say something deeply kind of vulnerable and and heartfelt to them. And then you stop and you just look. It was true. And then I I listen. I spend a little time. And often when I say those phrases, my heart gets moved. I feel some consolation or some movement of God's Holy Spirit just touch my heart just a little bit. Sometimes I feel nothing. Loads of times I feel nothing. But sometimes I feel something. So I'll stop and I'll thank him. And if it fades a little bit, I might say it again. It's almost like starting a little fire. I'll say it to him again. Thank you, God, that you so love me, that you sent Jesus. And I might feel some gratitude spring up in my heart, like a real feeling that's being created by me meditating, because that's what I'm doing. I'm meditating on this truth, which another way to say it is I'm immersing my soul in this truth. I'm immersing my mind and pondering this truth. I'm, I'm accessing my identity. I'm opening up my spiritual passport and going, I'm the beloved disciple, wow. So if my heart gets touched, I wanna stay with that because that means it's hitting home a little bit. It's like, whoa, the gospel should mean something to you folks, it should touch your spirit, your heart. Otherwise, we're just having nice thoughts. It should touch you, it should impact your life, of course it should. You should be the most happy person in the world because you're the most loved person in the world. We just don't always know it, do we? We're on the way though, we're on the way, we're working on it, let's keep going. So, yeah, I sit with these words, let them, I repeat them back to God. I say thank you. You can off-road a little bit. I might just say, oh, I love you too. I love you too. If you feel it, if you're sincere about that, you make that little act of love. I, I also sometimes will say, tell me more about this. Tell me more about your love for me. And I won't necessarily feel an answer or get an answer or a thought won't pop in my head, but I say it anyway. I, th- I believe he, he answers those later. I get more revelation in his inside all the time, brushing teeth especially. Loads of revelation brushing my teeth answered prayers during teeth time I should brush brush my teeth more often and if if my heart then calms down after reading that one word I might go to another one I have a whole list of them I write them out every day I'll pray these just pray I did this for years and it it worked it worked I used to be like so hard for me to believe that God loved me so hard for me to to believe the truth of my identity in Christ but I did the work every every day i would spend my my prayer hour in the morning reading through scripture after scripture and praying them and declaring them over my heart declaring them and praying them back to god thanking him for that these were true making acts of faith that these were true and spending time with him and loving him in that place and letting him love me most importantly maybe and eventually my heart got it to now when i turn to him it's not a question anymore guys it is not a question anymore you could have that grace too But we do have to do the work and no one's going to do it for you, are they? Because you're a big boy or a big girl and God trusts you to make decisions, wise decisions that are for your good and for his glory and nobody else can do it for you. I hope you choose to do it, to do the work and that you experience the blessing of it because I certainly have. God bless you. Hope that helps. Bye.